right, folks, welcome to Pick Axe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss, well, actually not necessarily excited to discuss, uh, these best players in the NBA lists are now filing out, and we're starving for content here. I've done a whole bunch of preview content over at Mile High Sports. Make sure to go check that out. In the meantime, uh, we've got a lot of things to get up in arms about, to be mad about, if you so choose. I'm not really choosing to, but I do think that given that this pertains to the Nuggets, it's the only thing that really has pertained to the Nuggets lately, it would be wise to at least think about discussing it. And so I am. I'm going to spend probably about 30 minutes just uh, talking about the ESPN list, talking about the CBS list that dropped. And as these things continue to become more more in focus, then maybe the lists end up being better. Maybe this isn't something that actually uh, is a massive problem. But the ESPN list is like, it's like it's created in a lab where it's just meant to irk me. And I look at the list and I look at not just where the nuggets are, but where various players are ranked. And I just get very concerned about the fact that I'm seeing something so entirely different than everybody else is seeing that I have to check my biases and whether I'm wrong, whether I'm the one who's looking at this in an incorrect way. I don't think I am. I don't think I'm crazy. However, we're going to talk about it. We'll talk about where Denver's players were ranked in segment one. I'm going to do my own personal ranking in segment two, uh, just kind of where I see various players. I did this on Excel. Uh, And then I'm going to go through overrated and underrated players nationally in segment three based off of the ESPN list alone. So the top 25 for the ESPN list has not been uh, released yet. I assume, I think they said in their blurb at the top of the screen that they'll go through 25 to 10, 6 or 25 to 11, 6 to 10, and then 5 to 1 on Friday. So by the end of the week, we'll know whether Nikola Jokic is even ranked in the top five this year, unlike last year. I have a feeling that they're probably going to rectify that, but you never know. They might just decide that Joel Embiid is a better player, or they might say that LeBron James is still a better player. And if that's the case, then I will be incensed, but that hasn't happened yet. So I'm not going to get mad at things that haven't happened. But on the rest of the list... It's just very odd, just a very odd way to approach the Nuggets specifically, a team that has serious title aspirations, and not just because of Nikola Jokic. It's because of the supporting cast that they have surrounded him with, the players that they believe have a chance, a serious, serious chance to win a title. I think a lot of people at ESPN would say the same. So why is it that Jamal Murray is ranked 50? Why is he not just outside the tier of superstars, not just outside the tier of stars, why is he on the borderline outside of the top 50 of a list when he has put together one of the best statistical resumes, one of the best playoff resumes of any young guard? Like He has more success in the playoffs than Trey Young. He has more success in the playoffs than Donovan Mitchell. He has more success in the playoffs than De'Aaron Fox. Uh, there, there's a lot of other guards like Shea Gilgis Alexander was ranked ahead of him too, which that's insulting. 
I know that there's a lot of people that love Shea that believe that he has massive upside. He might, until he proves it on an actually decent team, we'll never know. And just assuming that is dumb. But it doesn't just stop there. Michael Porter Jr. ranked 72nd out of the top 100 list. And I understand that he wasn't like fully locked into a top 50 spot or whatever. I think they had him top 50 last year. But in my estimation, Michael Porter Jr. is not a worse player than 71 other people in the league. He has the talent, absolutely, to be a top 25 player, to be an all-star caliber player. Now, that hasn't manifested fully yet, but to say that you, like, to drop him down that far is kind of insulting, I think. Aaron Gordon ranks 83rd. That is what it is. Like, he's in that, like, solid starter tier, and that's fine. Like, you could rank him basically anywhere from about 60 to 100, and I'd be okay with it. MPJ should be top 60. I feel like that's pretty clear. And then Contavious Caldwell Pope was unranked. Not really surprised by that. You start looking at the back end of this list, and I started looking at it when I was doing my own, just to kind of prep for this and make sure that, hey, am I crazy? And you start to look at it and think, okay, maybe KCP isn't top 100. Maybe there are other players that you can pencil him in at tier five or whatever I had, uh, and just make sure that, look, this is a this is a really tough place for, or like the league is just so stacked, especially at those spots where there's a lot of quality starters in the NBA today. There's some, there's a lot of quality all-star caliber players in the league today. So I understand why KCP was left off. I understand why Bruce Brown, Bones Highland, guys like that were left off. Now we'll get to segment three and why I'm a little bit uh, frustrated with the list in general, but it's just unfortunate how out of the spotlight the Nuggets have been, because I think it just leads these lists to be like this, where ESPN doesn't have to talk about the Nuggets. They don't have to cater to an audience. They don't have to, like they, they catered to Jokic after he forcibly earned that through a second straight MVP award. And I hope that they rank him accordingly as a result. If they rank these other guys this low, though, then Jokic better be at least top three. Like, that's how you compensate this if he if the Nuggets are an actual title contender. I don't think ESPN is treating Denver like a title contender just yet. Now, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I am overreacting to something like this, but it's just my opinion. CBS also released their list this week. Uh, actually, it dropped this morning, Tuesday. And... I think that they did a much better job. I can't speak to what ESPN is going to do with Jokic, but CBS had him at four. They had Giannis, Curry, and KD ahead of him. And it's hard to argue with that. Like, I get it. KD was, I think, the consensus number one best overall player last year. And so to drop him down out of the top tier is difficult because he didn't really do anything to earn that. Jokic won one more game than Kevin Durant. Now, I think that a lot of people view KD in a different light than Jokic, given what he's accomplished as a scorer, being that he was at Golden State. But if this version of Jokic went to Golden State, then they would be just as dominant as any of those 73 win, like the, not 73 win, but like the 2017 Warriors, the uh, entire run up there, like 
with Jokic and Curry fit together? You bet your ass they would. Like, there's no doubt about that. Even if, like, you have these two superstars, like, they're they're absolutely going to do it. So, uh, long story short, like, it's fine that KD is ranked ahead of Jokic. I personally would not do that. I personally would have Jokic at two behind Giannis at one. Say lovey. CBS, though, they did a better job of ranking Denver's other players. Murray comes in at 35 on this list. I think that's a much better placement for him. You don't want to overreact to him being out. Yes, there were other reasons, like, I think to be a little bit concerned with Murray coming back. But when he was last on the court, he was playing at an all-star caliber level. He deserves to be in that all-star caliber ranking, that all-star caliber conversation. MPJ, he comes in at 64 on this list, which is just eight spots higher than his other placements. So kind of in that same general tier, that 60 to 70 range, which he's going to have to prove to a lot of people that he deserves to be higher. Like, I, I get it. I understand why people have those concerns with him specifically. But to me, it just seems like this is a great opportunity for him to prove a lot of people wrong, to be better defensively than people see him as to stay on the court, and if he does average like, what, 27, uh, not, not 27, 20 points, 7 rebounds, say 2 assists, and a block, that's great. That would be good enough, I think, if he stayed on the court, if he was helping the Nuggets in the playoffs, he might crack the top 40 if he were to put up those kinds of numbers. I know that there are a lot of people above him, that have worse numbers than what he put up in 2021. So this is basically a ranking for him that is almost entirely to do with the fact that he was injured. And then Aaron Gordon comes in at 72. He's kind of in that 70 to 80 range, whereas MPJ is 60 to 70. I think that those two should be a little bit more separate, but that's just me. And then no KCP, Bruce Brown, Bones Island, whatever. That's fine. Like, you look at these lists, and there are going to be others that come out too. I know that the SI Top 100 is a big deal. Uh, ben Golliver over at the Washington Post, he does a great list every year. I'm sure there will be more, uh, but these are the only two that we have, and these are the only two to get mad at so far. So, when we come back, I am going to put together the, my own personal ranking. I'm not going to run through it verbally on the, the podcast here, but I'll give some of the highlights. Uh, and talk to you about where I think the Nuggets actually should be ranked. Uh, kind of riffing off of the last podcast. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Football is back, and nobody is more excited than your friends at Superbook. They're bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they will match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 
kind of waiting to get in onto all the Nuggets action, given all the Bronco stuff that's going on. But if you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Every little bit helps. Helps me grow. Helps everybody else see that this is one of the best Nuggets podcasts out there. All right. My own personal ranking. Uh, I think this is an important, I think, categorization of where the Nuggets stand. Because when I do this, I can then look at how I've ranked various other players on other teams and see, okay, are the Nuggets, like, are they far outside of where they should be from a talent perspective? How close are they to the top? Do they have the most talented players in the league? Are they even in the top five? Is this fair to label the Nuggets as one of the most talented teams in the NBA? And should they actually be in the championship conversation? That to me is why uh, top rank, like ranking players matters, because I think it gives you the ability to be honest with yourself, where you've got a whole bunch of players that kind of fit into a system. And as those players kind of fit in and make sure that uh, you've got different things that go on here, you can be honest with yourself about the Nuggets or the Timberwolves or the Warriors. I think people will definitely say that the Warriors are one of the most talented teams in the league, though they did lose a couple of pieces on the edge with guys like Gary Payton II. So my own personal tier system here has six different tiers, at least for the purposes of something like this. Number one is superstars. Number two is stars. Number three is max players. Number four is quality starters. Number five is subpar starters to elite bench guys. And number six is quality bench guys. So these are different tiers where you you kind of take that for what you will. It's important to have superstars. It's important to have stars. Much more so important than having a whole bunch of quality starters and bench guys and whatnot. But if you have the top end talent, then you're going to go far. Now, it's important to categorize that talent fairly. I think I have in my top tier, I have 11 superstars. So a lot of people might be a little bit confused about that. There, I think you could have your top tier be anywhere from seven guys to 11 guys to even like 15 or so. But I think you need at least one of those guys to win a title. And if you don't have one of those guys, then you're probably screwed. So in my top tier, I had Giannis, Jokic, Curry, Durant, Embiid, Luka, LeBron, Kawhi, Tatum, Paul George, and Jimmy Butler. Now, I know that the back end of that tier with Tatum, George, and Butler, that gets a little bit ambiguous, but I didn't feel like having those guys in the superstar tier was as wild as having those guys in the star tier, where you have players at the back end of that, like Carl Anthony Towns and Bam Adebayo and Rudy Gobert and Drew Holiday and players of that nature. I think it's more important to kind of get the general framework right rather than worry about, okay, is this exclusive club too exclusive or not? So tier one, I have uh, 11 players. Tier two, I have 19. Uh, By the way, Jokic, of course, in tier one. Tier two, I have Murray here, like in the 12 to 30 range. Because I think there was a very recent time, like after the bubble, where you could have argued that he was in the top 20 not just the top 30. And my opinion, 
Like Murray's going to get back to that. He's going to get back to a good place. He's going to play like an all-star. I don't think that there's any question about that. He might not get the top-end volume numbers that a lot of other all-stars get because he's playing as the second option for Denver. But I don't really care about that. What I care about is what he can do in the playoffs and how he can raise his game. And he clearly can. Like He's shown that every single season in the playoffs so far. So I have him along with players like Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Jalen Brown, James Harden. I have Darius Garland in this tier. I think he elevated himself into this group. Uh, some bigs like Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson, Pascal Siakam, Rudy Gobert. Uh, there are some, like it's hard to delineate sometimes between a Bam Adebayo and a DeMontis Sabonis. I think Bam is going to be more valuable in a conversation like this. So I have him in tier two and I have Sabonis in tier three, where Sabonis is still a max player, but he's not necessarily a star. And it's important for teams like the Sacramento Kings to be honest about themselves with that. Sabonis is going to max out at a tier three player. He's not going to be a tier two guy. And they traded away Tyrese Halliburton, among others, who I think is very clearly tier four right now. Let me just forgot to add him in. Let me add him in here real quick. Uh, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton is tier four, but he's like 21. He's going to get even better. So it was a very weird trade when they did it. But I think that MPJ is in this tier, in the max player tier, because I think he deserved his max. There were some that questioned it just as there were some that questioned Jamal Murray's max when it happened, the Nuggets were just early. Like I think that there's no doubt that right now, if MPJ was healthy, had he been healthy all of last season, he would have averaged 20-plus. He would have averaged probably 40% from three, 50% from uh, field goal. Like There's no doubt that he has the scoring profile of one of these players. The only reason why he's not why he's not here and he's instead in the next tier for a lot of people is because of the injuries. I am not counting that in this. He's talented enough, and as long as he's healthy enough for the playoffs, then he deserves to be here. Other guys that deserve to be here, DeAndre Ayton, who a lot of people questioned his max, but I think he deserves to be here. I also elevated Mikhail Bridges into this tier, which means that the Suns have two tier two guys and two tier three guys. It's pretty impressive for them. They should be better. They should have won the championship last year. Just, just saying. Uh, Dejounte Murray is here. He's not in the top tier. He's not in the second like All Star tier. There's no, no way. Uh, I have Chris Middleton here. He was one of my final cuts for tier two because he's just a little bit. I think he got a little bit worse this last year, but he deserves to be in a list like this and in in this situation because I thought that Drew Holiday was just better than him. Uh, deserved, I think, a lot of the credit that he got. Uh, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. are on this list from the Memphis Grizzlies. There's a reason why they won 56 games. It wasn't just because they had an elite bench. It wasn't just because they had uh, John Morant, who I don't even have in the superstar tier. I think he'd be at the tippy top of the star tier because and maybe that's maybe that's wrong. Maybe I should have John Morant in that tier. Actually feels probably better that way, but there's a lot of people who would have guys like Trey Young and Devin Booker and Anthony Davis ahead of a guy like John Morant. So it's why he's in their tier. It's tough. This conversation is always tough. And so you get a little bit more sympathy in this discussion when you do it yourself and when you have to lay it all out. 
So I understand why there were some definite issues, but I think that MPJ was ranked a tier low. I think that Murray was ranked a tier low. I think that Gordon was in the right tier, but it's tough. Like that tier kind of goes from about 53 to 94. That's what I have it as. And maybe it's even larger than that, but it's very clear that you have a lot of guys that deserve to be in this list. Like, uh, like actually Marcus Smart, we'll talk about him in the third segment, but he deserves to be here. Andrew Wiggins deserves to be here after the season that he had. Tobias Harris, RJ Barrett. That's just a, a great example of a tier four, which is a quality starter. Tier five, you've got subpar starters slash elite, elite bench guys. This is where I have Russell Westbrook. Uh, he was a subpar starter. I think that's where he should be ranked. There's no way he should be ranked higher than this. And it's funny that we're going to talk about him again in segment three for different reasons, but it's uh, it's not great with Russ right now. He's uh, He's really on his way out of the league. And then guys like Monte Morris is here. I have KCP here. I think those guys are in the same tier of player. Um, Yusuf Nurkic I have here, though some people have him higher. Seth Curry is here, though some people have him higher. I have Nikola Vucevic here. Like He's a guy that I think is ranked a little bit too high for my taste after the season that he had. But stuff, like the seed, the year and the, not the year, the league moves so fast sometimes where you have players that were ranked in various spots just a couple of years ago, like Russell Westbrook, for example, I'm sure he was ranked in the top 20. Now he is no way, no way he's ranked in the top 20. No way he's even ranked in the top 50 in all honesty, but it's tough. Like I have, I don't have Bruce Brown and Bones Highland in tier five. I have them in the next tier down, which is tier six, which means to me that they couldn't have been top 100 players. They probably clock in at somewhere around 130. Given that, there's just a lot of talent in the league. There's a lot of guys that kind of go under the radar. And it's there's no like there's definitely a reason why the Nuggets guys have gone under the radar in a lot of these conversations. I get it. I totally understand. It's hard to keep track of all the talent that's in the league right now. It's one of the reasons why I think an expansion draft is in order. Why well, I think they're okay to create two different teams in Vegas and Seattle because the league is so stacked. They have enough talent. There's no doubt about it that they could add one team to each conference and be just fine. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to discuss underrated and overrated players based off of the ESPN list. We'll be right back. Ryan Blackburn here, final segment. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's wrap up this conversation by just uh, lamenting the ESPN list and, and what they got wrong, uh, both on the plus side and the minus side. Overrated versus underrated. This is kind of a subjective conversation, of course. Like, all rankings are subjective. It's really hard to come up with a specific criteria that you're looking for. I think the criteria that ESPN looked for was hey, we're going to pair two players and you're going to rank one versus the other. 
and whoever gets the more votes, then they are higher on the list, basically. And so that's how they compiled it. I think it's tough to do it like that. I think you have to take it from a more holistic standpoint, but it led to some very interesting conversations, including on the overrated side, they haven't gone to the top 25 yet. Well, what the hell is Andrew Wiggins doing at 32? Like, what are we doing here? Andrew Wiggins is not the 32nd best player in the NBA, and he's not going to look like that next season. There's a reason why he looks so good. It's because he bought into the system as a role player for the Golden State Warriors. He was the fourth, sometimes fifth most important player on that team, where they had Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Jordan Poole. I think you could argue that he's in the tier with Jordan Poole. Not necessarily that he's in a tier unto himself as the second best player on the Warriors. Are we kidding? I know that the finals are fresh in everybody's mind still, but he was in a great position where he could just focus on guarding Jason Tatum and guard players like Luka Doncic. He didn't have to create for himself. It was a big reason. Like, he is a great role player. The role players do not belong at 32. Same with Marcus Smart at 34. Like, that is wild to me. There is no reason why he should be ranked that high when there are so many other talented players that do much more for their teams, especially on the offensive end. He should not be ranked at that spot. Marcus Smart at 34. I can understand ranking him at like 50, where Jamal Murray's Jamal Murray was ranked at 50, and Marcus Marr was ranked 34. That, to me, feels insanity. as nuts. Like, SGA was ranked 48, and Marcus Marr was ranked at 34. You don't think if those two guys swapped, if those two guys switched places, that it would look and feel a little bit different? Come on up. Clay Thompson at 37, also very overrated. Like, what are we doing here, folks? This is not reasonable at all. Like the entire 30s list I thought was just really horrible. I had Wiggins at 32, Marcus Smart at 34, Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley at 35 and 36, Clay Thompson at 37, Scotty Barnes at 39. It's wild. It's just wild to think about where they put the rookies. I know that it was a great rookie of the year race. Those guys have not proved a damn thing. They haven't proved anything in the playoffs at all. Scotty Barnes was not great in the playoffs. Evan Moby didn't make it. It's difficult. It's difficult to be in this situation. I know that they're trying to be forward thinking. But what are we doing here? What are we doing? Cade Cunningham at 35. He was one of the most inefficient players in the league. And I'm high on Cade Cunningham. I think he's going to be great. But we don't need to just assume that it's going to be to this level. Is he automatically going to average 24, 8, and 6 next year? No. No, he's not. And if he does, it's going to be because he's high volume, low efficiency, once again. Jalen Green at 62, by the way, that's insulting. It is just like these rookies should not be this high. There's no reason for this. ESPN is trying to push the young guys. I understand that. But then they can't have it both ways and have Russell Westbrook at 65. Russell Westbrook should not be on the top 100. Maybe I could justify him being like 95, 96, 97 in that range. But Russell Westbrook should not be where he was. 65 is insulting because it takes away from the fact that the Lakers, like, yeah, they had a lot of issues, but they still had LeBron James. They still had Anthony Davis. If Russell Westbrook was the 65th best player, 
they would have had a better record. Let's just be honest about it. And then Karis LeVert was the other one. Karis LeVert at 80, that's crazy. He has never been a better player than Will Barton. And Will Barton was not on the list. Karis LeVert, not sure why he gets that focus. Probably because he spent time with the Brooklyn Nets and is just probably in the limelight in a lot of those for a lot of those ways, but he did not help the Cavs at all. When he was traded to the Cavs, they needed somebody who could be a secondary creator. He couldn't help them a damn bit. And that's a problem. That's a problem. You can't be ranked on this list if you can't help at all. All right, underrated. A little bit shorter list because, again, we don't know where some of these guys are landing. But I thought that it was just mostly a lot of overrated guys, not necessarily underrated guys. Pascal Siakam at 30. I know some people will argue with this. Pascal Siakam's really damn good, and there's no reason why he shouldn't be ranked higher than this. When he got back to the Toronto Raptors, they turned into a much better team. They turned into a much more versatile team, and he's been really, really good, save for one year. Uh, not like not even regular season, save for one playoffs. He's been really, really good, and had a little bit of a down year last year while they were stuck in Tampa Bay. He is better than the 30th best player. Just my opinion. SGA at 48, I mentioned that. Obviously, all the Nuggets guys are underrated in this case. I haven't even seen Jokic's rating, and I know he's underrated. SGA at 48 is nuts. Jared Allen at 52 is nuts. Like, there is no reason for Jared Allen to be ranked that low. He just made an all-star team. He's much more comparable to Rudy Gobert than he is to the 52nd best player in the NBA. That's nuts. That is crazy. Having him outside the top 50 while having some of these other guys in there, like pushing some of these rookies, is wild. But the real one that I got crazy about was Desmond Bain at 68. You're going to push all these young guys. You're going to push these rookies into this conversation. But then Desmond Bain, who literally was in the most improved conversation this last year, was borderline all-star caliber in his second season and was probably the second best player all year on the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that won 56 games. You're going to have him at 68. That's crazy. Russell Westbrook was 65. 65. Desmond Bain was 60. It's just wild, man. I just, I can't believe that the conversation about the NBA has come to this where it's hiding like like he's maybe a top two shooter in the NBA. Steph Curry's one. Desmond Bain might be two. That's how good he is. He's good enough defensively. He's good enough as a playmaker, good enough as a rebounder, and he scores. So what's the problem? 68? That's wild. Tyrese Maxey was ranked 20 spots ahead of Desmond Bain. That's nuts. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich at 100. I think that Bogdanovich is underrated, always have. And he's just been in the situation where, given that he played for the Atlanta Hawks and still plays for the Atlanta Hawks, he's in this situation where he can't really operate next to Trey Young because Bogdan Bogdanovich does well with the ball in his hands and is very creative and good. But Trey Young absolutely cannot operate with the ball or without the ball. He needs the ball in his hands to be successful because he doesn't do off-ball stuff. He doesn't move. He doesn't defend. 
So Bogdanovich kind of has to sacrifice in that regard. He's much better than 100. Not going to tell me any different. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, that's this list. It's crazy. Like, I just... It, it floored me when I saw it today. I saw it at like 8.30 this morning. And you shouldn't be... It, it shouldn't make that much of a difference. But to me, ESPN, they lead their coverage going into the preseason with this. And in my mind, you should be more discerning in terms of how you vote for this thing, in terms of why it matters. It is not just an exercise to get clicks. It is an exercise where you're supposed to canvas the league and showcase the players that deserve showcasing. And maybe that's why they have the rookies up so high, is because they want to showcase the young blood. But miss me with that, where you just sort of forget about teams like the Nuggets, where they clearly have championship aspirations. And it's just wild that this list kind of categorizes it this way. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the program. I will be back on Friday. Uh, probably Thursday night, actually. I do want to have a guest on. I want to kind of change up the, the pace a little bit. Maybe we will preview Nuggets Media Day, which is going to be on Monday of next week, and see what comes from that. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon.